Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. We did want to also honor the season we are in this week. Israel is getting ready to celebrate Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day of fast, the day of atonement. And uh, for us who believe in Jesus Christ, this is, it gives you a type of, a picture of what is happening the, in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 29, you find, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. It's amazing. Now, he, John knew Jesus as his cousin, but this is a prophetic statement. He didn't know he was, he didn't have say before that. He's sinless, he's without sin, etc., etc. But there is a revelation. This is a revelation statement by the prophet John the Baptist. And he sees Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb. Say, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. So in this, we are coming Wednesday evening, we'll start for uh, those Jewish people in Israel. This is the, everyone who can, they will fast some way or the other. Uh, some won't even drink water for that day. But for us, it's, it's Jesus. We find this in our Lord Jesus Christ. So what, when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the whole world. That's an amazing, powerful statement. And it harkens back. This is about the Lamb. That is, as he said, the, the Lamb is an individual whose name is Jesus Christ. And an amazing truth that you have that will follow you the rest of your life and the rest of your eternity. It's amazing. You, as you have exercised faith in Jesus Christ, you're born again, and all the benefits of the crucifixion and the advantages that come on you. By his stripes, you are healed. And, as Galatians says, he took the curse you receive the blessings of Abraham. And uh, then it goes on in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice, an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. 
in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will O God and uh, this is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ so behold I come to do your will he takes away the first that he may establish the second by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all so that amazing thing that happened at the crucifixion Jesus was giving himself and he took away our sins so he atoned for our sins and we see we see in the imagery of the prescribed feast the things that God commanded Israel to do we see in that imagery the shadows in advance of the spiritual realities of the redemption of Christ, of his finished work, and of his people and what it means. And the journey of Israel begins with the lamb for a house in Egypt, where by that blood put on the doorposts and the lintels, literally redeemed them, broke the chains of 400 years of abject slavery and poverty, and brought in a single night a whole nation's myriads of people of every personality and, and infirmity and history and virtue. All at once, there was a transformation. There was something that happened house by house. And the imagery of Yom Kippur is taking that household and individual salvation through the Lamb, taking it to its utter culmination, the final display of what that Lamb sacrifice means and meant. And Yom Kippur is the national day of covering. And so these feasts at the end of the year, the end of our year, indicate the last stages, the last phases of God's redemptive plan in the earth. And he set up those pictures in the feasts of Israel a long time ago. And so the period that we are in is this fresh awakening in the earth, the trumpet sound, if you will, from heaven, awakening the nations that the Messiah is about to appear. The earth goes into her birth pangs of travail. They have the 10 days of awe in this feast. That is a time of awakening and reflection and meditation and repentance and return to the Lord before his coming. And in that context... Prior to the final in-gathering, we have this day, this fast day called Yom Kippur. And what it indicated is that every individual recognized their responsibility to the community, the nation as a whole, as God, a member of God's covenant community. And that's what Yom Kippur is about. And in that context then, they all came to have the covering for the whole nation. And it's called the Day of Covering. And so we see these two beautiful pictures. And the final one, Yom Kippur, indicates all of the things that John wrote about in his revelation of Jesus where we see that great company of every tribe, nation, language, and people being drawn together in one community, the priests and kings 
of God. And so we recognize, when we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the church universal, we recognize that God, as he said in the beginning when he brought Israel out of Egypt, I will make you a peculiar people, a special treasure, a holy nation. And this part of the feast recognizes that we will to be together, all of us who received the Lord Jesus by revelation, applied the Lamb's blood to the door of our hearts, to our houses, that we will come together as one holy eternal nation, a great company from all the ages gathered unto him and given our inheritance and entrance into the holy city. So Yom Kippur has a special meaning not just about individual salvation, but about how that salvation reflects on how we each conduct ourselves towards the reality that we are part of God's whole covenant community. And at the end of the age, the blood of that lamb will provide for us as a community complete covering. Amen. And the, as I shared about John the Baptist, is in the New Testament, but it harkens back to the first Passover in Exodus 12. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household, Say a lamb for a household. So our lamb, because that was a type, a shadow. But we now have the reality. It's the person of Jesus. He is the lamb of God. And it says that if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. It goes on, your lamb shall be without blemish. Say Jesus was sinless. A male of the first year, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. They shall eat the flesh on the night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And uh, you shall let none of it remain until morning. And so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So that's the first Passover. Remember, we just especially want to underline the lamb, the lamb, the lamb for a household. The lamb is Jesus Christ for us. And then in uh, the gospel, it says, um, it says for Jews in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So we preach to you Christ crucified. That's the apostle's statement. And that's powerful for us. In this, at this time of the year, it's good for us to focus back on 
this is the word. And you can rely on it through not only right this lifetime, in the life to come, in the eternal realms. It is you are washed in the blood of Jesus forever and ever. Praise God. That, that's why we say we pre preach Christ crucified. The weakness of God is stronger than men. The foolishness of God is wiser, wiser than men. That's what the apostle is emphasizing. That there was one complete, all-sufficient sacrifice. And that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So it's perfect sacrifice. It's complete sacrifice. And it's a forever sacrifice. It covers you forever and ever. You can count on it. Not only now, but when you meet Jesus, yes. you run. Covered. <laughs> Covered. Covered. Amen. And the thing is, your key, our key is to appropriate. Yes. It's there. I receive that personally for my life. And I'll, if I can, I'll, to the degree I can, I'll receive it for my family. And that unusual vision I had this morning helps me see this in a fresh way. That when the scripture says he has imputed to us the righteousness in that great exchange, literally, it's as though we died his death. And therefore, we have his life. And it is towards the great day of covering that we all look at the appearing of the Lord Jesus when the anthem shall be sung, the blood of the Lamb has spoken and has settled every account. Amen. And one of the significant statements, it just, it's so loaded, but uh, when Jesus declares, on, hanging on the cross, and he says, tetelestai. Yeah. In Greek, it is finished. Say, it is finished. It is finished. So everything you, that's needed for your salvation, it's Jesus is doing on the cross did a totally perfect work. No one can improve on it. It was perfect in every way for your salvation. He did not miss one thing. It, it does not Thank need to be improved on. That is an awesome. By one sacrifice, he has perfected forever those who are being, those who are going to believe on him. And that's his, he has provided for us in every way. He's taken the curse in every sin. And by his stripes, you were healed. So, it's basically in, uh, there's another scripture that I wanted to, uh, talk about just for a moment. It's, uh, it's fascinating and I've used it many times, but it's in, uh, it says in uh, Proverbs 4, and it, this is good for you as uh, the part of the thing here we not only share, but we want you to be able to practice it yourself, that you, you become 
Not just believers, but disciples. Uh, and so this is part of, part of your package of equipment you take wherever you are. And it's, it's part of that scripture in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 onwards, verse 20, 21, and 22. My son, give attention to my words. Remember, tetelestai, it is finished. And here, this part of the covering is here. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. So basically, in hearing, you hear. Or the Hebrew expression was, now listen to this with both ears. So it shouldn't come one out of one ear and go away out of the other one. Both ears. Listen, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So it's something that's focused, that's not fly by night. It is important. Preserve it. Do not let those words depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So it should not only just be an intellectual exercise, but it is part of your being for their life to those who find them and health to all their fair flesh. So this is so powerful that this is, don't let, this is the word of God. The word of God says, by his stripes he were healed. And uh, every promise that's in the word of God, say, incline your ear. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So James says, if you're sick, call the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. That, that's, therefore, sickness is dealt with. And on and on, by his stripes, you are healed, you are delivered for every oppression. So we have seen so often people who are vulnerable, who have done some dumb things, you can come to the cross and say, Lord, I repent. Take away this oppression in the name of Jesus. And we can take authority in Jesus' name because he is who he said he is, and he is a deliverer. So this Proverbs 4, for example, 20 and 20 through 22, is your part of your medicine bottle that you take. And say, here are the promises of God. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. And signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So healing is part of the package. Not only your salvation, not only your um, redeeming from every oppression of sin. You are cleansed through the blood of Jesus. But you are protected. And then you are delivered through the power of what happened, crucified. It is finished. Say it is finished. It is finished. Tell your neighbor, it is finished. It is finished. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So it is. And some of you, I don't know how many of you grew grew up when you were little. Now we are depending more on tablets. But when I was growing up, we would have have medicine bottles. And uh, living in Africa as I was growing up, we would, they would have doctor's visits too. The doctor, would, if you had malaria, the doctor would come visit. And then either he would have it with him or he would 
one of his assistants would deliver to your house uh, a quinine bottle. And uh, three times a day or four times a day, depending on the prescription, you take that medicine in a teaspoon, two teaspoons or three teaspoons of quinine, and you maintain it for several days, and then malaria, you would be healed in a physical sense with malaria or, or off malaria. But the Word of God is the most powerful medicine bottle that we can have. And we need to get even more practical and practice it more often. That tetelestai means tetelestai. It is finished. The Lord has done it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we wanted to, these last, uh, we'll continue with and as aspects of this perfect, complete, and forever sacrifice at Calvary, that this is the atoning, complete atoning work of Jesus Christ. But uh, we wanted to do something right now. Amen. And so for the culmination of our time together today as a community here in the sanctuary and across this nation and around the world, we turn our hearts and our thoughts and our attention directly to the commemoration, the memorial of 9-11. And if you were with us for the watch on Friday night, we recalled the words of John Page when he was governor of Virginia, writing to Thomas Jefferson in the First Continental Congress just after, in fact, just about mm, 16 days, two weeks or so, after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And Page gave an extensive report of the military conditions around him and what he was aware of, the intel that he was getting. And he said to Jefferson, this state of things I had from a very sensible officer who came down last week as an express. And he goes on, do consider these things and either reinforce Fort Pitt or send an army against Detroit and Niagara. Give my love to Nelson, tell him that I have not time to write another line being beset with the governor's business who is still unable to and still unable to attend to it. Adieu. P.S. I am highly pleased with your declaration. God preserve the United States. We know, quoting from Ecclesiastes 9.11, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Do you not think an angel rides in the whirlwind and directs this storm? They would have seven years of war ahead that on that day, no one knew what the outcome would be, but they had determined each individually under this new declaration, wherein for the first time on September, uh, um, for the first time on the September 9th, this nation would be called the United States while they were in the middle of war. So there were seven years of war 
uh, yet to come. Do you not know an angel rides in this whirlwind? We think of 9-11 and specifically of Flight 93 and the martyrs and the witness and testimony of those men and women on that flight and especially of 32-year-old Todd Beamer as he was calling and the 911 operator that answered, Lisa Jefferson, was on the phone with him for almost 14 minutes during the hijacking. And in that time, in the background, she could hear people screaming and calling out, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. Todd, who was a strong evangelical Christian Sunday school teacher, father of two, would leave behind his wife and those two children. He asked Lisa to pray with him. They prayed the Lord's Prayer. He recited Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And by this time, a number of the passengers had gathered around, and they were going to push back. They were going to overtake the hijackers and do their best to prevent that plane from hitting the nation's capital when it meant surely they would lose their lives. And it's then that he uttered those famous words, let's roll. As we have departed from Afghanistan, we recognize the truth that it was in those days the Taliban that gave support to the mastermind Osama bin Laden behind the 9-11 attacks. We understand that now it is that same philosophy and regime that has been given a safe haven, if you will, the potential of a literal nation where terrorists can come and collude and organize against the world. And whether this will always be true, we know not. But we do know that in our day, at this particular moment, this is the truth. The inauguration ceremony of the new Taliban government in Afghanistan, by their determination, was to take place today, specifically as an insult to the US and raising the Islamic State flag over what was the American embassy to make a declaration on this day that America and the free world are subject to radical Islam, terrorism, and philosophy. Well, the special guests were Russia, Iran, China, and Pakistan, all nations that in our day we know definitively have not changed their intention toward America. And so in our day we must accept the truth. We have an enemy set to our utter destruction and subjection to their powers. Abraham Lincoln addressed the Young Men's Secondary School in Springfield, Illinois in 1838, and he said these words, at what point shall we expect the approach of danger? By what means shall we fortify against it? Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us at a blow? Never. 
All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined with all the treasure of the earth, our own accepted in their military chest with a Bonaparte for a commander could not by force take a drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. At what point, then, is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it is ever to reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. Profound and prophetic insight and warning. And so today, we remember the prayer of General George Washington through that next seven years into the storm and the whirlwind. As we have come to a storm and a whirlwind in our own day. And he prayed this. I now make it my earnest prayer that God would have the United States in his holy protection, that he would incline the hearts of citizens to cultivate a spirit of service and obedience, to entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another, for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field, in the military. And finally, that he would most graciously be blessed to dispose us all to do justice, love mercy, to demean ourselves with that love, humility, and particular temper of mind, which are the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion. And without a humble imitation of whose example in these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. We remember 9-11 with these images. If you will, follow me with, we're going to go to the Lord, the Lord's Prayer. Say after me. Our Father, Our Father who, art in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, For thine is the kingdom and, the power, and the power and the glory, and the glory forever, forever and, ever. and ever. Amen. Amen. We want to observe together a minute of silence, silent reflection and prayers. For those of you watching at home, the congregation this morning standing 
with candles lit as we observe this time. So we invite you at home also to stand as we remember the events of 9-11 and turn our hearts and faces to God for all that it means for us today as we pray for the families who lost loved ones beginning on that day and in the succeeding days. Will you join in silence? Thank you. Reading from Isaiah 30. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion, for he is a just God. And blessed are all who wait for him. O people in Zion, you will weep no more. He will surely be gracious when you cry for help. When he hears, he will answer you. The Lord will give you the bread of adversity and water of affliction, but your teacher will no longer hide himself. With your own eyes, you will see him. And whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. So you will desecrate the old idols and images. Throw them away like unclean rags saying, be gone from me. And he will send rain for the seed you have sown in the ground. And the food that comes from your land will be rich and plentiful. And on that day, your flocks will graze in open pastures unmolested. The oxen and donkeys that work the ground will eat the salted fodder, winnowed with shovel and pitchfork of the great harvest. And from every high mountain and every raised hill, streams of water will flow. In the great day of slaughter, when the towers fall, the light of the moon will be as bright as the sun, and the light of the sun will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven days. And on that day, the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds he has inflicted. Father, today, with your people around the world, we lift a prayer to you, our gracious God and Savior. To you, O Sovereign, in whom we trust completely, we see through all of the smoke and the gloom 
there's still shine, ravishing light of rays of your glory. And so as we make this memorial afresh today, we commit ourselves to you and to the truths of all this means for us in our nation. And we do pray together, reaching our hearts and hands and prayers over today, tomorrow, the coming weeks and months. And we ask, Lord, hear our prayer. Daniel prayed, and the angel answered quickly. God, we make intercession that you would remember your servants. You would remember the cities called by your name. You would remember the foundation and the fear of the Lord our fathers carried when they laid out a plan for a society. That you would remember, God, the lives that lay upon the altar of September 11. And that as the martyrs beneath your throne, Jesus, cried out, How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood on them who dwell on the earth? We raise our voice toward the sound of the blood of Jesus that is speaking from heaven's sovereign throne. And we make intercession that you would send rain, send your spirit, send repentance, send revelation, send righteousness down. Let justice roll down like waters is our prayer. We stand before you helpless in the face of many powers, but completely armed with the overcoming certainty that the blood of Jesus speaks better things and the lion who is the lamb has triumphed. And so to you, Lord of hosts, captain of angel armies, we make our appeal today on behalf of all who have lost loved ones and lost lives, who have gone to battle in the ensuing wars, who have come home in their caskets with broken spirits or broken limbs, together with the ones who lost their lives on that day the towers fell. We commit ourselves to remember, to hold the truth, to never forget, and to never lose our confidence that the God of our fathers is with us and an angel still rides in this whirlwind. And so, in closing, let's pray together the prayer that our spiritual mentor, your spiritual grandfather, Derek Prince, taught us that he learned from the Holy Spirit in a time of war. Lord, give us leaders. Such that it would be to your glory to give us the victory through them. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1 800 
730-6264. God bless you.